Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hey, top of the hour to you, San Diego. Welcome back to the program. Four o'clock is the time. Thanks to Chris McGee from uh, Spectrum Sportsnet LA. Talking a little Lakers basketball. We're going to hit all of the major sports on the program today. This hour, we're going to be talking about the American League Championship Series a little bit. And hopefully the continued demise of the Houston Astros. Mark Tompkin from the Tampa Bay Times will join us in this hour. In the 5 o'clock hour, we'll get our NFL on with Greg Camarillo, great uh, former player, wide receiver for the Chargers, and uh, outstanding uh, guest on this show, uh, one of our favorites. So he'll be joining us in the 5 o'clock hour. We have a pop quiz coming up in the 6 o'clock hour. Chance for you to win some prizes there. Chance for you to win some prizes now because – We're getting into our Chris versus the fan segment. Let me give you the phone number to dial in. We have a couple of uh, lines open right now. 833-288-0973. That's 833-288-0973 if you want to play a little Chris versus the fans. And want to remind you that our people, our businesses, and our leaders will help hashtag move California forward. You can help us move forward and stay connected while listening to San Diego's number one sports station, that's us, 97.3, the fan. Dodgers and Braves update from Arlington, Texas, 0-0 in the bottom of the third inning. You know, Tony, I was watching, uh, they flashed a, st- a statistic on Ian Anderson, the pitcher for the Atlanta Braves, who's been unhittable in these playoffs so far. His career record in the minor leagues was 17-21. and this guy wasn't even a winning pitcher in the minor leagues. It's amazing, though, when you've got this. Obviously, he has great stuff, but everybody's seeing him for the first time right now, right? Yeah. And that's just yeah. a big advantage. I mean, this is a guy that has talent, but, you know, obviously the Dodgers didn't play the Braves this year, but the Marlins played the Braves this year, but they never saw Ian Anderson until the playoffs. And all these teams getting their first look at him, and they can't touch him. And it's just uh, – that's why baseball, playoff baseball, is so strange, and that's why you see so often it's no-name pitchers, guys that are, you know, Michael Waka comes to mind. You remember him? He had a big run yeah. for the Cardinals yeah. in a couple of those plays. And there's other guys, obviously. But guys that are dominating in a postseason series, and then when their next season rolls around, they're very ordinary because teams get yeah. a book on them. Well, I, I think in, in listen, I always, especially with pitchers, I, I always take minor league stats with a grain of salt because their pitchers especially are learning um, how to pitch, learning, you know, how to not sequence themselves and learning different things. So a lot of times you'll see numbers in the minor leagues for, for uh, most guys 
will be kind of up and down. But certainly once you get to the big league level and you have, you know, big league stuff, there is an adjustment period for hitters as they get used to your stuff. And as they do, it becomes a little more tougher. And sometimes guys make the adjustment, sometimes guys don't. All right, we'll keep an eye on this game. Also, some football this afternoon, the end of week five. Bills and uh, Titans, I believe, kicking off uh, there in Tennessee soon. Uh, the Titans, I believe, had uh, one hour of negative tests, and that was good enough for the National Football League <laughs> to allow their game to move forward today. All right, uh, 833-288-0973. People dial in. Let's go. Chris versus the fans. If you had one shot, one opportunity to take down the human almanac himself, howdy do. Now is your time. Listen to me, this guy is dangerous. Now is your opportunity to win a prize. Well, I hope you know what you're in for. Chris versus the fans starts now on 97.3 The Fan. All right, we are playing for $20 gift card and a hat. Really? Uh, King's Craft Coffee, locations in Poway and Mission Valley. King's Craft Coffee was founded and is operated by former Charger Corey Withrow. And it offers breakfast and lunch with great outdoor seating. Check them out at kingscraft.com or King's Craft Coffee on Instagram. Or win a gift certificate right now by playing a little Chris versus the fans. Scraby the rules. You have to make it through... Three questions. Each question is going to get more difficult. If you get the question right, you move on. If you get it wrong and Chris gets it right, you're eliminated. But if Chris gets it wrong, then you move on to the next question or you win. Indeed. All right. Let's get to our first contestant. Nick, welcome to Gwen and Chris. Happy hump day to you. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Tony. It's actually Tuesday, Tony. It's not hump day. I'm sorry. (laughs) Is it only Tuesday? It is only Tuesday. Tuesday Tuesday night football. Remember? Good try, Tony. How can you forget uh, about Tuesday I was night trying football? to push the week ahead, and it just didn't work. It <laughs> didn't work. Tuesday. Didn't Sorry, work. Nick. Oh, it's Sorry. not one day closer to Friday. No, <laughs> it's one day closer to, to Monday. <laughs> it is. All right, Nick, let's get to our first question. I was wondering why it got so cold in the room all of a sudden after I said Wednesday. <laughs> it just kind of went real quiet there for a sec. Uh, first question. What San Diego high school did Ted Williams attend? Ted Williams, Hoover. Hoover? That is correct. We move to question number two, Nick. What NFC West coach was named the AP Coach of the Year for the 2014 NFL season? Uh, Mike, um, all Chargers coach. Mike, I can't remember his last name. Uh, Mike? I can't remember his last name either, but... (laughs) Jesus. Well, it's not even the right division, so... Oh, I thought you said AFC West. (laughs) Oh, I wasn't trying to be mean. You are, though. Oh, I am mean. You just are. You're all you can't good, help baby. Yourself. Thank all right, you thank you. Guys. Thank you, Nick. Wait, right, wait, so wait, Nick wait. Did... Hold up, Nick. You, you, wait, he's not, not out yet. of the game yet. I might get it wrong. Oh, that's true. <laughs> Hang in there, Nick. <laughs> Although I doubt it. 
Here we go. Yeah, I'm not going to get it Chris. wrong, but I just hate to see you, you know, have to hang up before you, your time. You know, you're, you're stalling for the Google, I think. I'm not. I don't Google it, Emily. Uh, Bruce Arians is the answer. There it is. Bruce Arians for the win. That is correct. Sorry, Nick. Thanks for competing. We'll bring in our next contestant on this Tuesday afternoon. Ryan, welcome to Gwen and Chris. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks. Awesome. Here we go, Ryan. First question. Sapporo beer is made in what country? Uh, let's go with Mexico. Mexico. <laughs> Scraby seemed a little bit upset on that one. He didn't even speak, but he seemed upset. I know my Chris beer. for the steal. Uh, Japan. Japan for the steal. That is correct. Sorry, Sorry Ryan. Ryan. Thank you for competing. We move to contestant number three, Carlos. Welcome to Gwen and Chris. Happy Tuesday to you. Carlos? Hey, how's everyone doing? We're good, thank We're you. We're doing well, Carlos. Thank you for asking. Here we go, first question. Before game two of the NLCS today, Clayton Kershaw was scratched from his start. What was the reason for that scratch? Uh, playoff Kershaw was scratched due to back spasms. <laughs> playoff Kershaw was scratched due to back spasms. Uh, I, I kind of expected someone to give a really backward there. <laughs> <laughs> that is correct. <laughs> Carlos, you moved around too. What, what, what are you talking about? Jimmy? What was your backward answer? Like he was scratched because he's so bad in the playoffs or something like that. That's that would get you a loss because that wouldn't have been correct. Why would anybody answer that? Yeah. Because they're funny. Oh, okay. Here we go. Question number two. What country does former NBA player Tony Parker call home? Uh, France. Very good. France. That is correct. Carlos. Tony Parker. Tony Parker. <laughs> Question number three for the chance at the win. Scraby digging way deep into his archives. <laughs> NBA player Jason Kidd withdrew from the 2004 Olympic team due to what surgery? You've been on surgery. Was it eye surgery? Eye surgery for the win. <laughs> that is incorrect. Eye surgery, not the answer. Chris, you have Jason a chance Kidd, to steal. Did he what? <laughs> He's missed the 2004 Olympics due to what surgery? I couldn't begin to tell you. Uh, knee surgery. You know, you can never really go wrong saying knee surgery with a basketball player. Gravy? It pains me to do this. That is correct, <laughs> oh, Carlos. That was a complete you. guess. I had no idea. Before competing, we move to contestant number four, Tom in El Cajon. Welcome Scrapey, to Chris It Tuesday. pains me to do this. He is such a hater, isn't Hi, he, Tony? It's mostly Hi, because we're, yes. we're up against it. But he's no, he definitely just totally a hater, is a hater. For sure. He's such a hater. Regardless of whether we're up against it or not. Here we go. First question. 
who was known, or I should say who is known, as the Say Hey Kid. Willie Mays. Willie Mays. That is correct. We move to question number two. What player hit the shot heard round the world? Oh. Joe Gergiola. <laughs> Joe Gergiola. That is incorrect. Chris for the steal. Uh, Ralph Branca threw it, and Bobby Thompson hit it. And. Indeed, he did. That is correct. Scraby, what do you want to do here? Well, I know our next guest is, is uh, he has very limited time. Up against time. the clock. Yes, he's yes. very limited. So you guys, all right. What, Let's tack this on to our prize in the pop quiz today. That, we have too many prizes. So we have an extra prize for the pop quiz. We need to give away this one. So, Chris, pick between two, three, four, and six. Five. Okay, there's no one on that line. <laughs> uh, I just want to see the look on his face. Uh, give me two. Two. That would two be Aaron. Is. Aaron, stay Aaron. there. Aaron! You are the winner. You win today, Aaron. Congratulations. Sorry Chris, to be home. such a trivia guy, you know, trivia snob, but yeah, You're just being a hater. That's right up your alley. You're good. God, you just do you like anything? You don't want to ask me that, actually, right now. Because you don't? Correct. Okay. Fair enough. Take a break. When we come back, going to talk a little bit about the American League Championship Series, keep you up to date on the National League Championship Series as well, talk about the hopeful demise of the Astros. Thanks for playing a little Chris versus the fans. I'm Chris Ello. Tony Gwynn, Jr. Gwynn and Chris continues after this. <laughs> On the clock, Tony Gwynn Jr., Chris Ella, Gwynn and Chris. Talking some Major League Baseball, one game underway. Braves up 2-0 in the top of the fourth. Of course, the American League Championship Series continues. Game three tonight, 540 Pacific time. Rays, Astros, Rays looking at a commanding 3-0 lead. And join us to talk a little bit about it, Mark Tompkin. Tampa Bay Times joins us here on the SDCCU Fan Hotline. Mark, thank you for your time. I know you're pressed for it today. Thanks for joining us. No problem. Sitting here at the beautiful Petco Park watching some batting practice. You, you're in town watching uh, watching the, the Rays look to take a 3-0 lead. This team has uh, been very impressive during this playoff run. Although they're punching out at a, at a pretty alarming rate, they're able to win these close games. What is it about this team that makes them so confident uh, come these 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 tight games that they're having. Yeah, it's a pretty remarkable run. I mean, I think they led the the American League in uh, two run or less decisions or two run or less wins, and led the majors in one run wins this year, and continued that here in the postseason so far. And yeah, you know, I, I think it sound it's a combination of a couple of things. I think it sounds a little uh, boring, but they've just done it so much. I think they're used to it. I think these players uh, know it's going to be tight. They know it's crunch time. They know there's no margin for error, and they've been able to rise to the occasion more times than not. I mean, if you look at the stats for these first two games, the Astros deserve a much better fate than being down 0-2 based on hits and starting pitcher numbers and all that kind of stuff. But the Rays have found a way, and you're right, they do strike out a ton. Uh, that's been kind of an issue for them all season, but they find a way to get these runs in, whether it's a clutch hit, it's 
moving up a base, things like that. So uh, they do things a little bit weird, but so far they've been able to do them right. Mark, let me clear one thing up. Uh, the Astros don't deserve any such thing. <laughs> they're lucky. They're lucky to even still be playing ball right now, basically. But and I, I kind of jokingly say that. But I'm asking you, as, a, as somebody who covers Tampa Bay, have you noticed, or is it because of the, you know with the pandemic situation, have the Rays noticed? I mean, like if they picked up a bunch of fans, it seems like. I don't know anybody other than diehard Astro fans that are rooting for them. I would imagine almost everyone is cheering for Tampa in this series. Yeah, I, I do think they have a chance to, you know, they're kind of on the on the side of they're representing good and the Astros are representing evil. It's been a funny right. postseason run here because the, the, the Rays' biggest rival the last couple of years has been the Yankees, and they obviously are known as the evil empire. So they, uh, I, I kind of framed it as they took care of the evil empire. Now they're moving on to the evil Astros and, I, I do think there are some of that. I mean, Kevin Kiermeyer had a few comments the other day before the series, and I asked him about it. And he said, you know, look, they, they know what they did. They've had to live with it for a while, and, you know, no one's going to forgive them. Uh, and, and some of the, you know, looking back, some of the race players, you know, had more pointed comments at the time the penalties were announced. But, I mean, let's, to be totally honest, and, and, Tony, you've been on the field. I mean, you know this better than I. I think in the heat of competition, you know, no one's really thinking that, but it makes for a great framework and, and great talk radio and newspaper copy to frame it that way, I think, for sure. Mark, one of the guys on, on this Rays team that offensively has been so impressive, and I've come away a fan watching him, is is the Randy Azarania kid. I mean, he has been nothing short of spectacular during this playoffs. Has this been a guy that they've been expecting to come up and, and be as good as he has been this season? Now, I don't. I don't think even uh, their GM or their their front office guys could say that with a straight face. To you. I mean, I will say this: when they made the trade, it was last January. They traded one of their top pitching prospects, a first round pick from just a couple of years ago, Matt Libertor, to the Cardinals uh, for a deal that included Jose Martinez was like the immediate return piece, and Randy Rosarena, and there might have been like another lower level player involved. And Looking at it at that time, it was like, man, I don't think you trade Matt Libertor for Jose Martinez. That's weird. Like, he's a good hitter. He should be an American League player, but really? And then talking to some of the Rays people, like, on background, they're like, no, no, this is the reason we made this trade. We think he's going to be a good player. Now, fast forward, he, sh- he uh, tests positive for COVID on intake this July. He looked great in spring training. Spring training, point, you know, 1.0, whatever you want to call it. He looked great. He's probably the best player they had. But I don't know that he was going to make the team out of camp if, if it hadn't been shut down. And then uh, they come back. He tests positive. He can't find it. They can't get a negative test. He ends up isolated, quarantined for a month in an apartment in St. Pete that he taught himself how to cook, made chicken and rice every day, and did 300 push-ups, put it on 15 like pounds of muscle. And then uh, you know he goes down. He needs a couple weeks down at the alternate site to get ready. And, and right around uh, right before the trade deadline, the race that the the guy running the camp for them down there, Michael Johns, their field coordinator, called up and said. This guy's ready. I mean, he is everything he can do down here. We can't challenge him anymore. He's ready. And they traded, ironically, Jose Martinez on August 30th and brought a, razor, a Rosarena up. And he's just been incredible since. You're absolutely right. He's really impressive. Speed, power. Uh, and, you know, they talk about he doesn't really – he's not a guy who – you know, not a very, not a cerebral approach to hitting at this point. They have a limit of what they can do with video. He doesn't know a lot of these pitchers. Just go out there and he asks what the velocity is and he takes his wax and it works pretty good. <laughs> That's pretty good. Pretty yeah, he's hot right now for sure. Four home runs, I think, in this postseason. Uh, Mark, we appreciate you joining us. Tampa Bay going for a 3 nothing lead over Houston in the American League. Uh, whenever I think of Tampa Bay, obviously, us in San Diego, Mark, think about a couple of the trades that were made during the offseason. 
Uh, one brought Emilio Pagan to San Diego and sent Manuel Margot to Tampa Bay. And, of course, Margot had a big impact on game two with the three-run homer and the uh, fantastic catch he made. And then the other trade, uh, Tommy Pham and Jake Cronenworth coming to San Diego for Hunter Renfro. Talk a little bit about Pagan first. Why did Tampa Bay, why were they willing to part with him? His numbers were so insane when he was with Tampa Bay. And so many of us in San Diego kind of wondered where those numbers went. And then as far as Margot and Renfro is concerned, talk about their contributions to this Tampa Bay season. Yeah, I mean, the Pagan trade caught me by surprise, too. It was right before spring training. It was actually the day of their fan fest. They had a fan fest at Tropicana Field that day, and I was there for you know, representing our paper, obviously, and also did a couple things for the Rays, hosted a panel and did a podcast with Emilio. I mean, he talked about how excited he was to be in the same place for a second straight year and yeah. how eager he was, and he was traded that night. It was just one of those what kind of things when you get the text message. But, I look, the Rays are really good at um, kind of – predicting what they think guys are going to do. They're not always right, but they, they're very eager. As you can see, they're very open to churning their bullpen. They go through a lot of guys. They, I think there was a stretch there with like a 10 or 11 straight seasons. They had a different guy lead them in saves. And uh, this year they've had 13 guys get saves. So they're, they're very equal opportunity. But I think they just felt like, you know, maybe Pagan, uh, they weren't going to get out of him what they did last year. And they really liked Margot. Uh, in fact, Kevin Kiermaier told us at the night of that trade, he was at a wedding uh, and he thought, oh my gosh, I'm gone because, they're getting a player as good as Manny Margot. So obviously they had different plans to play them together, which they have a number of times. Uh, Hunter Renfro is a little different situation. I mean, he, he really didn't get up to much of a start here and he's been kind of buried a little bit. I mean, a Rosarina's emergence has probably cost uh, Hunter Renfro at bats more than anybody. Uh, and you can't really argue with him. I mean, he's obviously a, an all or nothing kind of player offensively. He's a better defensive player. I think that people in Tampa Bay knew or, expected he's shown it a couple times but he really hasn't had much opportunity because of a Rosarena's emergence mark one last one for me i mean you've, you've covered this team for a little bit now and uh, they do things completely unorthodox compared to a lot of teams but it seems to work are, are, are they just that good at identifying talent and then uh helping them progress to get to this level because it seems like as you mentioned it's some new guys every year whether it's on the pitching side or on the, on the offensive side that come up and are productive in this system that the Rays have uh, have, have created? Yeah, I think it's a combination of, of finding guys that uh, a lot of times that have been cast off from other teams. I mean, we were talking about Joey Wendell earlier on the Zoom call. Dusty Baker was asked what he thought of his play at third yesterday. He said it reminded me of Brooks Robinson and Greg Nettles. So, hmm. you know, this is a guy that he was DFA'd by Oakland. The Rays got him uh, off the scrap heap at the winter meetings like three years ago, and this guy's been a steady player for them for three, three years. So I think they identify guys that are better than they've showed. I think they identify guys that have specific skills that they can maximize. I mean, they're obviously a big team on platooning and matchup. They don't have a lot of guys that just run out there and play every single day. Adamus is really the only one, arguably. Uh, Kiermaier to a degree, and, and I think that they are really big on positive reinforcement. That's one thing we hear from a lot of guys who come over here is, like some of the pitchers have said, in organizations they were in before, that they'd be told, like, hey, your fastball is good, but if you don't make your curveball better, you're never going to make it. And they get to the Rays, and the Rays say, your fastball is really good. Let's just use it as much as we can, and if we can figure out the curveball, that's fine, but the fastball is what we're going to go heavy with. And they said just that's such a mentally refreshing uh, way to go about it that they really take to the system. Yeah, no doubt about it. That positive reinforcement goes a long way, especially with young guys. Mark, appreciate your time. Enjoy your uh, your sights at Petco Park, and uh, we appreciate you coming on today. 
All right, guys. Anytime. Take care. Thank you Thanks, for Mark. Me. Thank you, Mark Tompkin, Tampa Bay Times, as on the SDCCU Fan Hotline, SDCCU Online, and mobile banking lets you do your banking from your smartphone. Message and data rates may apply. For details, visit sdccu.com. All right, let's uh, get to break. When we come back, Scraby's got a big five ready for us. This is Gwen and Chris, San Diego's number one sports station, 97.3, The Fan. Back at you, 434 on this Tuesday. Some people think it's Wednesday. Some people are hoping it's Wednesday. <laughs> I really was hoping it was Wednesday. You know, it's Wednesday in Australia, so you're on, you're, okay. you're on to okay. something. You're definitely on to something. <laughs> Welcome back, Chris Hello, Tony Gwynn Jr., Gwynn and Chris. Thanks to Mark Topkin, the uh, Tampa Bay Times. American League Championship Series continuing this evening at Petco Park with the Rays up on the asterisks, two games to none. And uh, Tony mentioned that the uh, Braves have jumped out to a 2-0 lead over the Dodgers here. They're in the bottom of the fourth inning of game two. Uh, did you mention it, it was a Freddie Freeman two-run homer that yes. uh, put the Braves on the board off of uh, Tony Gonsolin. And uh, Ian Anderson has walked five already in this game, Tony, yet the Dodgers have not yet taken advantage of that. And so let's overreact for just a second before we get to the Big Five. Is it possible the Dodgers are pressing already? They are 0 for 4 with runners in scoring position. They've left the bases loaded once. You know, you talk pressure can be can get you. I don't know if it can get you this early in a series, but uh, I wonder if they're just uh, a little tight right now. They've been listen. They they've struggled to score runs. I mean, it's yeah. take even in the Padres series, it took some errors and some uh, a bunch a boatload of walks. Uh, to to get them the runs they got. Now in the last game they they blew it open a little bit, but uh, it, it they've been good at capitalizing on mistakes. Well, Braves haven't made any. They may haven't made very many. I know you mentioned the walks that that uh, Anderson has today. They've been like with one out or two outs, uh, and he hasn't been burned by it as of yet. And the reality is, the Dodgers' offense is struggling right now in in, in this particular series. Now. I know it's easy to go back to game three, uh, excuse me, game two against the pods uh, and and, kind of look at it from that standpoint. But um, ultimately, they struggled in that series to hit the Padres pitching when it was right. It was the Padres that just kind of didn't couldn't command the zone that that got them ultimately in trouble. But Braves aren't having the same type of issue. We told we talked about how hot their starting pitching has been, and it continues to be that way. Yeah, you just wonder though if uh, the Braves keep putting guys on base, uh, just playing yeah. with fire. The Dodgers eventually. Well, that levy a... break finally. Yeah, somebody's going to get a big hit somewhere for the Dodgers. But right now, two nothing Braves as that one rolls into the bottom of the fourth inning. All right, uh, we got our big five coming up here in just a second. But I wanted to remind everybody that. Uh, this hour is brought to you by Smart Investing. Brent Wilsey, the host of the Smart Investing Show. It's heard every Saturday morning at 9 a.m. on 97.3 The Fan. Great time to invest in stocks, but you have to know the right ones to invest in. So uh, tune in for your weekly dose of helpful investing information. Smart Investing, Saturdays at 9 a.m. on 97.3 The Fan. All right, Mr. Scraby, uh, the floor is yours for a little Big Five after we check some traffic. 
Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. It's now time to expand our horizons, step outside the box. Who the hell are you guys? And turn this show upside down. No, whatever it is, no. Quinn and Chris will now talk about the best of the rest in the one, the only, the extraordinary... The Big Five, which starts now on 97.3 The Fan. If you have any Big Five suggestions, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Matt Scraby. You can find Tony at Tony Gunn Jr. You can find Chris at Chris LOSD. And I got nothing else to say, so we'll start. Number five. We didn't get to talk about this yesterday, but it is a little weird, and I wanted to start the Big Five with this. We know former Padres Manny Margot and Hunter Renfro are now with the Rays. But currently, they're using the home clubhouse in the home dugout. So we're going to start with you, Tony. How would you feel being back in the clubhouse and the dugout that traded you away? Uh, I would take great joy <laughs> spraying champagne in the locker room that I was once a part of that shipped me away. And I would... Uh, I would really enjoy the fact that I'm getting to celebrate in there a lot longer than the team that traded me mm. uh, is getting to got to. So, uh, listen, we we just had Mark Tompkin on uh, talking about how highly they they think of Manuel Margot and that trade. And you know, there's parts of, of both him and Hunter Renfro that have to feel like that. Like, you know, you get traded away, you're, you're the the piece that doesn't fit on one team, and you become the piece that does fit on another. And your team is having the ultimate success, which is continuing to play into October. It's got to feel pretty good for those guys. I want to know if they're using their old lockers, too, as like a good luck they, thing. Well, it depends. If I don't know if how it's working if they have their old clubhouse attendance. Because like, usually mm, you're in your home spot. You get your home clubhouse yeah. attendance. I, I, if they're using the Padres guy, is it very likely that they got their same lockers? Because yeah. they would remember where exactly it was. It, that's an interesting question, though. I, I like that. I'm going to have to do a little bit of digging. Chris, if uh, you were Manuel Margot or Hunter Renfro, how would you feel being back in the clubhouse and the dugout that traded you away? I think I'd uh, think the way Tony thinks. I mean, I'd be pretty pleased that I'm still playing. And, uh, you know, the irony of the situation um, – you know, here's what I think's interesting. Um, you know, during the course of the season, even though Emilio Pagan struggled, he did come come alive 
you know, down the stretch. I think he only gave up a run in one of his last 15 appearances, something like that. And Manuel Margot had a miserable regular season. I think he hit one home run and hit about 260. He didn't really do anything for Tampa Bay. Now all of a sudden Manuel Margot is hot, and he's carrying, he's helping carry these guys. Hunter Renfro basically lost his job in Tampa Bay, and the Padres got Tommy Pham and Jake Cronenworth. I mean, that just seems like the steal of all steals. But the ultimate irony is the fact that both Hunter Renfro and Manuel Margot are still playing at Petco Park, and none of the Padres are. So, you know, I think that, uh, yeah, that's definitely got to be something that makes these guys feel a whole lot better about things, for sure. It's, uh, uh, it, it doesn't change my opinion on the trades. I think the, the Padres still did okay on the trades, but uh, Tampa Bay got what they wanted, too. So that's that's the definition of a good trade, I guess. Are we going a little hard on the Manuel Margot terrible season? <laughs> yes. Okay, all right. At least you're <laughs> enough said. All right, we, we can move on now. I'm trying to make it sound I'm trying to make it sound better for the Padres, the, Padres, the Emilio Pagan side, that's all. I, I agree with you in terms of the both teams got what they wanted ultimately. The Padres as you mentioned, Pagan got off to a rough start, but he finished strong, and that's exactly what you want leading into next season. The Houston Rockets are showing strong interest in hiring Ty Lue as their next head coach. And we've kind of talked about this before and how the NBA recycles their head coaches. Some may argue a no-name, non-proven coach could be the way to go because of their willingness to put everything they have into the position. So, Chris, would you rather have a new hungry coach or someone who has veteran head coaching experience? Me personally... I like kind of opening it up to some fresh ideas and some new guys. But I certainly understand wanting to kick the tires on somebody like a Tyron Lue. I mean, the guy did win an NBA title. Um, I mean, the Bulls just got Billy Donovan, and I feel pretty good about his track record. Um, I know Van Gundy is being rumored, and I think it's Stan Van Gundy for the Pelicans right now. Yeah, yeah. But it's also... I believe in the NBA bylaws that anytime there's a coaching opening, one of the Van Gundys has to be rumored <laughs> for the job. It's true. <laughs> so, but I, I kind of, you know, like looking at the Clippers situation, right? I mean, they, 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 you know, Doc Rivers left them in the lurch a little bit. And I, I like guys that have been at it forever and have never really been given that opportunity. Cause I always feel like I'm going to get their best. And I think a lot of times people take the easy way out and just hire somebody who's had the job before, and I don't know that it's always the best. So I, I, I certainly get why guys are, you know, recycled. Some of them are very good coaches, and that's why they get other opportunities. But I think in general in all sports, they don't hire new guys often enough. Uh, where's Don Nelson in all this? Let's get him back in in the game. <laughs> Don, Don is uh, getting up there. In he age. is. He Does is. anybody remember when Don Nelson used to wear the fish ties? Uh, yes, I do. Yes, I absolutely yes, I do. do. Like 100 100%. years ago. Yeah. Uh, Tony, would you rather have a new hungry coach or someone who has veteran head coaching experience? I mean, if the roster is going to stay how it is, I, I mean – I think you almost have to have a veteran coach that won't. I mean, look, you got some really strong personalities in Russell Westbrook and, and James Harden on that team. I don't know if you can bring a young guy. He's going to have to. His knowledge of the game is going to have to blow these guys away in order for them to have the type of respect to command the locker room. Um, I, I think because of that, 
you're gonna probably go with a guy who's 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 had his feet in the water before, whether it's uh, Van Gundy, whether it's Tyrone Liu. Uh, there, it, it, I just don't see it being a new a, a new face coming to this particular organization. Although I, I agree with Chris from the standpoint, I like to see guys that uh, haven't had much of a shot shot to do it, like. Frank Vogel. I mean, he he's been around, but he was a new guy in 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 Indiana. Like, he got the shot, kind of built up his credibility from there, and he ends up getting the Laker job later on down the line. I like those kind of guys. I, I do. But in this particular case, we're talking the Houston Rockets. I like a guy who's 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 been around a little bit. Number three, the Dallas Cowboy executive executive Stephen Jones and Jerry Jones have spoken. They have both said Dak Prescott is the future and will be a Cowboy next season, and that's all good and everything, but the highly publicized extension talks before the season show the Cowboys aren't on the same page with Dak's camp. Jerry Jones went on our sister station, 105.3, the fan in Dallas, and talked about Dak and was asked, is he still your future? None. You mean that this particular injury, we've known for a long time uh, that you can have a great player at this spot but then not have him at periods of time during his career. We had it with Eggman. We had it with Romo. Uh, you don't always have them. We do not uh, go into a contract negotiation uh, with the idea that uh, uh, it stands alone. It has to be a part of the tools that you have, which is your salary cap, to put a team on the field and try to figure out the best way to win. And uh, really, that's the underlying issue here. I'm not quite sure what Jerry Jones was talking about there. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure what he was saying. But uh, I'm going to start that, with... Was that English there? I think Jerry just woke up or something. It because... sounded like he was he was just getting up from something. Hadn't yeah. had his coffee yet. Exactly, because that was gibberish, <laughs> in my opinion. Sorry, Cowboys fans. Tony, with the Cowboys being supportive of Dak Prescott, do you expect a contract to get done easily after his horrible injury happened on Sunday? You know, I, I got educated on this topic today. I was watching Uh-oh. Marcellus Wiley talk about this particular subject, and he kind of changed my thought process. I'm not as mad at Jerry as I was a couple of days ago when it first happened. I, you know, I think that was just part of me, you know, being upset for Dak Prescott, you know, getting hurt. But I think ultimately, um, I think he will get paid one way or the other. Um, there, he is going to either become a free agent because the Dallas decides to move on. There's a chance he could get franchised again. At which he would make, I think, thirty-seven point something million dollars for the one season. That's not so bad. Now, it's not so bad, right? Um, and plus, we've seen guys come back from this type of injury. I know the the injury initially looks pretty terrible, but based on all accounts, four to six months, he's going to be able to be back on the field. Jerry said again. May. I mean, Jerry said that he should yeah, be back so ready by May. By May. So I mean, I I, I think of I think he. It's not hard. Listen, it's. We talked about this on the show many times. It's hard to find a good quarterback in the league. I'm not saying Dak Prescott is at the top echelon of quarterbacks, but he's certainly a, a quarterback that a lot of teams would want to have. Um, I don't think this injury is career-threatening, haven't heard anything of that such. So, therefore, I think he eventually will uh, get – I don't know if he gets exactly what he was looking for, but I think eventually he, he gets paid, and uh, I think it's going to be with Dallas. I really do. A uh, quick update. The Braves just went up. 3 nothing over the Dodgers in the NLCS in the top of the fifth inning. 
Chris, uh, do you think that the Cowboys and Dak Prescott... Hang Pres- on a second. Yes. Hang on a second. My yes. heart's breaking. Okay, go ahead. Okay. <laughs> do you expect the contract to get done easily after Dak's horrible injury on Sunday? No, I do not. Um, I But I wouldn't expect a contract to be done easily if he didn't get a horrible injury on Sunday. Too, you know, too nothing sure. has been easy with Dak Prescott versus Jerry Jones. Um, I mean, and I don't think anybody seems to get a deal done easily with Jerry Jones in any circumstance and in any situation. I don't think it's ever happened before, and I don't think it'll happen in the future. So to answer your question, I don't think it'll be easy, injury or no injury. But I do agree with Tony. I mean, Dak Prescott has convinced most people around the National Football League that he is a high-quality quarterback, one of the best in football. Uh, He hasn't necessarily convinced me of that because Dallas hasn't won enough for my liking, and I don't know if that's Sorry? In the playoffs we're talking? Well, but they haven't even gotten to the playoffs two or three times, right? I mean, I I just think Dallas is overrated. The the whole organization, we pay way too much attention to them. America's team. And they they don't win as much as it seems like they win and and with the kind of attention that's put on that that squad. But I, I think Dak Prescott is one of the better quarterbacks, but I think people think he's really, really elite. So if Dallas doesn't want him or they have problems signing him and he does become a free agent, there'll be plenty of people lining up to sign him. So I don't think this ankle injury is going to hamper his future too much. I'm not mistaken. I think, I think he has, like, one of the best winning percentages since he's been in the league. But Does he? Chris is right. Chris, is you're ultimately right because, you know, he they haven't done well come playoff time, especially the last couple of years. They haven't even done well towards the end of the season. So – yeah. That does that does weigh in on it for sure. And they're not doing well this season up until his injury. I mean, yeah, that's yeah, also two true. and three. You know, yeah, they're all right. They're just, I mean, but people don't talk about them as a two and three team. No, they talk about them as like a Super Bowl caliber. Sounds like team. they're five and zero oh and going to the Super Bowl. Yeah, that's just kind of <laughs> the way it seems around Dallas. Uh, Washington football team quarterback Alex Smith has defied the odds and made it back from one of the most horrific leg injuries the NFL has ever seen. By the way, someone asked Alex Smith, have you reached out to Dak? And he said, I don't want to scare him too much. So I don't think they have talked yet. But many people weren't too sure if he would ever play again, and he did. He accomplished that Sunday when he took over for Kyle Allen in the game. Well, I guess he's up for comeback player of the year, which is definitely – he's definitely deserving of a nomination. And is now the Vegas favorite to win the award. Cam Newton and Ben Roethlisberger are also on the list. I got into an argument with my friend about this. Because if you only play one game, can you really win comeback player of the year? So, Chris, did Alex Smith win the award by playing on Sunday? Apparently he did. I mean, I I just think, obviously, the injury he came back from, and probably Ben Roethlisberger and Cam Newton would agree to this, that his injury was, I mean, close to death. I mean, this guy guy barely lived. I mean, and uh, for him to come back and play, it, it, it's a tribute to him and it's a tribute to, you know, anybody who worked with him and his doctors. And I, I don't know if you saw, you know, some of the, what was it, the ESPN? Uh, Project 11, I believe it's called. 30 for 30 or Project yeah. something or other. That was a tough watch, too. Yeah, oh, yeah. it was pretty amazing what, what he went through and how far down the, the rabbit hole he sank. So I, I, I think that uh, he's an inspiration to a lot of people. And obviously, he's, he's our guy from Helix High here in San Diego, and I, I'm always going to kind of stick up for Alex Smith. I, I, I've, I've always felt that he's kind of gotten a bad rap. 
you give him a bad rap all the time and talk about how terrible he was with the 49ers. I oh, never I do. I'm a huge oh, Alex Smith guy. Yes, oh, my do. goodness. You say, you say that he played for the – he was te- the 49ers threw him under the bus. They did. That's me defending him. <sighs> I love Alex Smith. As the 49ers quarterback, I was I very think Alex hurt. Smith personally has had a nice, solid career. Has he had a Hall of Fame career? No. But not everybody has to have a Hall of Fame career to can be considered a success. And 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 this comeback is uh, beats all other comebacks from what I from what I'm told by you know from what I've read. So yeah, I think that uh, you know Cam Newton and uh, Ben Roethlisberger fought back nicely. But yes, Alex Smith getting on the field is probably going to trump anything. Uh, Tony, what do you think? Did Alex Smith win the award by playing on Sunday? I think it's hard to argue against it. I really do. I, I know we got a lot of teams coming back, a lot of teams, a lot of guys coming back from some pretty significant injury, but none as gruesome, and that could have caused, I mean, his quality of life was in jeopardy, to be honest. I mean, it was. he almost lost a leg because of this injury. They asked him, would you like us to save your leg or not? And he said, save my leg, I'm playing football again. That's a, to me. That, I, I mean, and then if you watch, what was it called? Project Fourteen? Is that what it's called? Eleven. Project Eleven. Yeah. Yeah. Project Eleven. If you watch that, you get a little bit of better understanding of how far he had to come in order for that to work. And I, I, I'm just happy for him. I, I really am. If he doesn't play another down this year, I think he should win the comeback player of the year based off of that alone. All right, this isn't sports related, but I don't know if you've seen it. It's terrifying. A runner in Utah got more than he bargained for when he ran into a mother cougar and her cubs on a trail. Kyle Burgess started a recording when he thought there were baby bobcats uh, just sitting there, but he ended up being stalked by the female mountain lion or cougar, whichever one it is. Here's some of his video, and it's pretty funny, actually. Nope. No! <laughs> no! No! I'm being scary. I'm being. Go away! Go away! So that goes on for a little bit longer. Seven, seven plus minutes that yeah. goes on. He's being stalked by a cougar. <laughs> That's my favorite part of the whole thing. That's what you're supposed hey, to do. So real seven... quick, what would you do, Tony? I I, w- I I wouldn't have been as calm as he was. Certainly would have been cracking jokes. Like he, he was laughing at himself at certain times during that. But for seven minutes, this cougar stalked him and was doing like this weird thing where like all four of its paws would come up and like he like faked at him. It was it was crazy to watch this cougar protect its cubs. But this is why I don't do the outdoorsman stuff. All right, we're gonna get Chris's answer on the other side. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.